So today, brothers and sisters, we celebrate Ascension Sunday, the Ascension of the Lord into heaven. That's what we read in our gospel this morning. And this is significant for us for a couple reasons. The first is that we recognize Jesus Christ sitting at the right hand of the Father in the heavenly kingdom. He has taken his seat upon the throne. And we call Jesus Christ Lord of heaven and earth. And that should be a very comforting thing to us in our lives as we experience stresses, anxieties, difficult situations, whatever it might be. We can always remind ourselves that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is the king of the universe. He's the one that's taking care of everything in your life. You can always entrust everything to him because he's the king of everything. So don't be afraid to remind yourself of that in your life. Jesus Christ is Lord. It's significant also because now we see that the work of Jesus Christ here on earth is completed. He's done what he came to do. He lived among us. He taught his apostles. He suffered and he died for us. He defeated sin and death. And now he has risen and taken his seat upon the throne. And so now we just wait for him to come back again in his glory at the second coming at the end of the world. We're waiting for Jesus to return to us now. We're in the last period of time. And one more reason that it's significant for us is that we know that since Jesus has left us, he has also sent us his Holy Spirit to live within us, to enliven our hearts so that we can be the disciples that he calls us to be. Next weekend, we'll celebrate Pentecost Sunday where the Spirit descends upon the church. But we realize that now too. The Holy Spirit really is with us as we pray, especially as we celebrate the sacraments. We receive the Holy Spirit and he's the one giving us the strength to fulfill the mission that Jesus Christ gives us. And that's the important part about our gospel this morning. These are Jesus's last words to his, apostle, uh, to his apostles before he leaves them. These are his last words. They're very important words. And so I thought it'd be interesting to um, Google uh, some famous last words just to see what types of things famous people have said uh, right before they died. So I'll read you a few of these. Beethoven, the composer, said, I will hear in heaven. Augustus Caesar, the first Roman emperor, said, I found Rome of clay. I leave it to you of marble. Leonardo da Vinci said, I have offended God and mankind because my work did not reach the quality it should have. Interesting. Edgar Allan Poe said simply, Lord, help my poor soul. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who wrote the Sherlock Holmes stories uh, before he died, turned to his wife and said, you are wonderful. T.S. Eliot was only able to whisper one word as he died, and he said, Valerie, which was the name of his wife. Football coach Vince Lombardi, as he died, turned to his wife Marie and said, Happy anniversary, I love you. Robert F. Kennedy, after he was shot and before he, was, uh, before he died, said, Is everyone else all right? And lastly, Blessed Miguel Pro, he's a Mexican martyr, before he was killed, before he was martyred, stretched out his hands like a cross and said, Viva Cristo Rey, long live Christ the King. 
And so I just found that interesting because it seems that people on their deathbeds with their last words are always talking about the things that are most important to them or the things that were most important to them in their lives. So we saw some of those people talking about the work that they did, some of those people talking about their spouses, some of those people talking about God, especially Blessed Miguel Pro. We realize then that the words that Jesus gives us here, his last words, are probably then the things that are most important to him. That last thought that he wants to get to his apostles before he leaves them. And what does he say to them? He says, go into the whole world, preach the gospel, baptize everybody, help everybody to believe in me, help everybody live the life of the gospel. That was his last command. That's what he wanted his apostles to do. That's what he wants us to do, brothers and sisters. We have to really see him speaking these words to us. Go out into the world, preach the gospel, help everybody to believe. And this is important because this is one of the fundamental ways that we can love the people around us, is by giving them the gospel. When we love somebody, we're supposed to do what's good for them. Whether or not it feels good at the time, whether or not we want to do it, but we do what's good for them. So imagine a parent with their child. Sometimes parents have to punish their children for doing something bad. The parent doesn't like to do it. The child certainly doesn't like to receive that punishment, but we all know that it is good for that child. And it's actually in that punishment through that difficult thing that the parent is loving that child. If the parent didn't do that, they wouldn't be loving their child because it wouldn't be good for them. And we have to realize the, th the same thing about ourselves, brothers and sisters. The way we love the people around us is by giving them what's good. It's by giving them the gospel, giving them the truth, giving them the love of Jesus Christ. That's what's good for them even when it doesn't feel good, or even when it's not easy. So how do we do this? Well, there's a few ways. One of the main ways that we can preach the gospel is to first understand it, to be able to tell people about what we believe, to be able to know the scriptures and give those to people, to be able to understand what the church teaches about everything, even the tough issues understand why the church teaches those things, and be able to defend those things, to be able to give people the truth when those difficult situations arise. Whether it be in your family, with your friends, maybe at work, maybe even it's a stranger will say something to you negative about your faith, about the Catholic Church. You should be able to stand up in those moments and defend that, to give them the real truth, to give them the goodness and the love of Jesus Christ that we receive in the gospel. Another way that we do this is simply through our example, by the way that we live our lives. And frankly, brothers and sisters, I think this is the most um, effective way, often, at converting people, is to simply live a life of love, live the gospel life. People will see that there's something different about you. People will notice that there's something different about you being a Catholic Christian, and they're gonna see that that's attractive. They're gonna see that you have something that they don't, and they're gonna want that. So through what you say and what you do, through what you don't say and what you don't do, 
you can really preach the gospel to others by loving them and living in peace and joy. And the third way that I want to recommend to you to do this is to pray for people. We can often forget how effective our prayers really are for the people around us. Many people have blocks in their hearts or their hearts have been hardened uh, over time, maybe through injuries that they've received. For whatever reason, they're simply not open to receiving the message of Jesus Christ. But we must pray for them, that the Lord will work on their heart, that the Lord will soften their hearts and help them to receive the message of Jesus Christ, of the church that we're meant to give them. Because again, it's the truth. It's the goodness, it's the love that we're meant to give them. Even when it's not fun, even when we don't want to. And brothers and sisters, trust me, I recognize the political climate we're in. I recognize the social climate we're in. I recognize that the message that the church has to offer is not a popular one. But love, true love, real love is unpopular. They killed Jesus Christ. He is love itself. It wasn't popular then. It's not popular now. But we must keep fighting for it. And so this is the point of my homily this morning is simply to encourage you, to exhort you to keep doing this, to keep learning, to keep witnessing to Jesus Christ and the love of his church. Elsewhere in the gospel, Jesus compares our lives on earth, the time that we spend on earth, to a woman giving birth, to a woman having labor pains. And he says that once the woman has the child, she receives the child into her arms, she doesn't remember anymore the pains that were there. She simply has that child in her arms. She's able to receive joy and love from that. Now, I've had people correct me on this the last couple Masses. A couple ladies have said, uh, wait a second, actually it does, uh, we do remember that pain. But don't be mad at me, Jesus is the one that said that, okay? So accept his words. But I think you get the point there, right? Our life on earth is going to be difficult. It's going to be painful. It's not going to be fun sometimes. But we do it to receive the reward at the end, to receive the joy and the love of Jesus Christ in the heavenly kingdom. So keep going, brothers and sisters. Keep up your good efforts here. Keep preaching the gospel. Be strengthened through your prayer. Be strengthened especially through the sacraments. In this Mass we celebrate today, we receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. Jesus will truly live within us when we receive the Eucharist. What a great gift that is, and how much strength we can draw from that. So we continue to pray for courage and fortitude to be those good disciples that Jesus Christ calls us to be with his last words, so that we can bring others to the love of the gospel here in this life and so that we can enjoy the love of Jesus Christ in the heavenly kingdom for all eternity.